You're listening to Emmy Award-winning host, Jordan J. Adams. This health topic is white-hot, red-hot, molten lava. It is the cutting edge of what's going on in alternative health and how we can all get well. Our guest is so special. I was fortunate to sit next to her at a PBS taping. Brenda Watson was doing a television show, and I was very fortunate to sit right next to Donna Schwenk. She's the creator and founder of Cultured Food Life. Donna, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Oh, it is my pleasure, Jordan. Thank you for having me. 13 years ago, your life changed in a dramatic way. What happened? Uh, 13 years ago, I was 41 years old, and I found myself pregnant with my third child, much to my surprise. And what happened uh, was a series of events. Um, I had to have my daughter early. They had to save my life, so they delivered her seven and a half weeks early. And I had diabetes. I had high blood pressure. I had a four-pound preemie, and I was in a lot of trouble. Um, You know, when you're 41 and you have a baby, you have, you know, I knew that by the time I was almost 60, she'd be, you know, grown. But at the rate I was going and the way that I felt and the diseases that I was getting, um, I knew my life would be greatly reduced. And so I uh, started searching for answers. And I was at a health food store one day, and I pulled two two books off of a shelf and sat down in a chair because I was too tired to walk around the store. And one of the books fell open to this page, and it fell open to the Oh, this page on kefir. Now, I had never heard of kefir. I didn't know what it was, um, but I was intrigued, so I was reading about it, and I picked up the other book, and it too opened to a page on kefir, and right at that moment, a store employee was walking by and said, that is the most important book you will ever read. You need to pay attention, so I bought both those books. I went to the corner of the store, because now I was paying attention, and bought this stuff called kefir, which is a fermented uh, drink similar to yogurt, and started giving it to my daughter and started drinking it. And in three weeks, my husband walked into the living room with my little girl and said, Donna, Holly has gained four pounds in a month, which is a lot for a preemie. The color had come back in her cheeks. She was sleeping through the night. And I had noticed that I had started feeling better. And I, standing in the kitchen one day doing dishes, and I looked out the window at my bird feeder and found myself in the front yard filling them all up. It's not a big deal to most people, but to me, I didn't give a rip about those birds a few months ago. (laughs) They could get their own food, but I felt so good. Something had happened to me. There was a sense of well-being. There was a sense of joy, and I I felt like the world had shifted, and I felt so good. My blood sugars were normal. My blood pressure was in the normal range, and I went on a mission to find out what this drink was that had changed me so dramatically and my daughter, Holly. Yeah, because you had said you had had problems with your first uh, two pregnancies. You you were not yeah. feeling good. And then having um, a third at an older age really terrified you. And you almost kind of intuited that there were going to be problems. What were some of the health challenges you had? You mentioned a couple of them, but you this the, the Kiefer really addressed a lot of different health problems. Can you tell us what they were so we know what it did address? Um, well, a lot of it too was, you know, I had terrible high blood pressure, the preeclampsia, if you're familiar with that, with being pregnant. And it was so high that they had to, you know, put me in the hospital with almost all of my pregnancies because my blood pressure is so high. Now that I'm older, I understand that um, when they put me in the hospital, they put me on a magnesium drip to get it down. Well, I didn't have any magnesium. I was struggling desperately to hang on to that. That's something I struggle with. 
And kefir is loaded with that. This special drink was loaded with it, but it helps my body absorb more of it. And it also works on an enzyme in the stomach that naturally lowers blood pressure. And I found that in some research later on after I had started drinking this drink and realized that when I drank it, my blood pressure lowered. And when I didn't drink it, it would go back up. And that's, they said it works like an ACE inhibitor drug on an enzyme in the stomach to naturally do that. But it wasn't just that um, is what happened. It was also reduced the inflammation because I had gotten diabetes and it had come back after my, I'd got it when I was pregnant, but I had come back and I have a lot of diabetes in my family. My sister's type one, my niece is type one, my dad was type two. So it was um, a, a big problem for me. And uh, everybody was on blood pressure, blood pressure medication in my family. And um, when I started realizing that I wanted to know why I had these problems, not just take a drug and mask it. There's a reason you have high blood pressure. Something's going on inside of you. And uh, I started learning about all these different foods. And I, what's the coolest thing of all is the body is designed to heal you. And I just had to give it what it needed. And when I did, it didn't just change me physically because my diabetes went away, my high blood pressure, I lost 45 pounds. All these things happened to me, but it changed me emotionally because your gut is your second brain. And when you fix your gut, you fix everything. Mm, wow, that's powerful. And this is why I'm so excited to be talking with you. We are talking with Donna Schwenk. She is the creator and founder of Cultured Food Life. She saved I think it's safe to say you saved your health, but maybe even saved your life with this health protocol, and that is culturing foods. Uh, we're talking about kefir in, in particular. Uh, some of the uh, health conditions that it that it helps, you know, amazingly. We're going to talk later on in the show about how to make kefir, but I wanted to to sort of address this whole microbiome type of uh, it, it, science that that's out now. We're really realizing. You touched upon it just a second ago about, you know, the wisdom that's in the gut. And tell me if I have these numbers right. We are 10 trillion cells of bacteria. Only 1% of that is bad. The rest is either neutral or helpful. Now, if my math is, is, is good here, if we're 10 trillion cells of bacteria, then bacteria outnumbers us by 100 to 1. Is that accurate? Well, actually, it's 100 trillion it's a hundred trillion cells. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah my the God. Ten, I know. It's just a little oh, bit more. Wow. <laughs> so um, it outnumbers those cells in the body 10 to 1. We are basically sacks of bacteria walking around. That's what we are. We're not even human. It's like the bact- we're bacteria. Um, the bacteria is actually humoring us. They're like, yes. we're, the, we're like uh, the bacteria on the bacteria. We're, yeah, because like, it's even... in you. It's in you. It's on you. It's around you. You go into a hotel room. I just read this big article of this, and you start colonizing the room with your bacteria within minutes. Isn't that something? Wow. I know. Oh, we we all assimilate everybody. I mean, really, yeah, we're that's the Borg. We're the Borg. You we, you will be assimilated. <laughs> so that's like they're actually hosting us. They're, we yeah. are actually more bacteria than we are human. Yes, actually, absolutely. That is amazing. I don't know what the ratios would be to our genes, but if it's to the cells, then it's like there's 1,000 bacteria to every one of us. And it's like, wow, that's amazing. And, and we're not paying attention. All we talk about is the bad bacteria. Everybody's talking about antibiotics and antibacteria, this and that. And what they don't realize is that we are mostly good bacteria and it's keeping us well. And we're killing it left and right. 
And we don't realize that good is always stronger than evil. But when you're constantly killing the good bacteria and the bad at the same time, then it starts to mutate and things get out of hand. And then you start seeing diseases creeping up. And that's what's happening in this day and age. One of my big challenges, the reason I got into fitness and health and nutrition in the first place was uh, candidiasis that I'd gotten from a urinary tract infection. The doctor had prescribed antibiotics when in reality the urinary tract infection is, is yeast. It's not bacteria. So he was kept giving me stronger and stronger um, doses of the antibiotics when they didn't work. And what I found out, you know, 15 years later, after 15 years of bad health was he had wiped out my, all of my positive bacteria. And right. I was, I was a wreck. I had skin rashes, headaches, bloating. Yep. I felt like junk. I had arthritis. I was 26 years old with arthritis and it was, uh, it wasn't until I, it's just like you, I walked into a health food store. I met a woman who was 174 years old. She was, <laughs> bless her heart, bless her heart, sweetest little thing. Met her on the beach and she took me, she had a little mom and pop health food store and she walked me into it and she taught me all about this stuff. And it was, that was when I finally started regaining my health. But yeah, it's like, you have to learn it. You have to practice it. You have to try and see what works for you and what doesn't work. But this is cutting edge because of the intelligence that is in the gut and it's right. regulating our health. This, it even, um, I think on your website, you'd said not only does it re not only does it positive bacteria, positive biome repair our cells, but it actually makes serotonin. Yeah. And the thing about that's cool. I actually just put this in my new book that's going out next year. And I, they've done studies. They did studies on these prisoners and, and, um, and they, they were aggressive and they had, you know, disorders, and they found that they were lacking all these nutrients in their diet. Mm. And when they started adding these nutrients back to their diets, their moods changed, their behaviors changed, their emotions changed, which is what happened to me. My, I completely changed. I literally am not the same person I was back then. I was grouchy. I had a short fuse. And I have so much joy now. I think people, I drive people crazy. It is like, I can remember going to the grocery store and wanting to hug the guy that sacked my groceries because wow. I felt grateful. Wow. And I didn't care before, but it was a sense of joy, but it's also a sense of love for other human beings. And it was just food that did this to me. It, it gave me something, you know, kefir, the Turkish meaning means to feel good. And it did that for me. And so they've done studies now where they gave these women yogurt and they watched, um, some of them got off their antidepressants, and um, they've got all these studies now about how effective it is on the brain chemistry. And it's not just about the body, which I love, because we are body, mind, and soul. You know what I'm saying? And we've disconnected everything. We've got doctors for the body, and we've got, you know, the mind is a separate science. And, but we're all those things. And that, who would have ever thought that food that I made sitting on my counter would teach me so much about myself. Mm. It changed everything for me because it did the work and I got the benefits. These little microbes in this food that I was eating and making changed everything for me. That's so powerful. Um, you know, give people your web address too because there's a, a video of you uh, telling your story on your splash page that is so awesome. I just sent it to my sister. Um, What's, what's the web address in case people want to look you up while we're doing the show? Culturedfoodlife.com. Culturedfoodlife.com. Yeah. And in it, you talk about how it, 
how cultured food turned everything around for you and in specifically uh, kefir or kefir. Um, it, for the people who might be um, watching this who are vegetarians or vegans and who have sworn off dairy, um, for, you know, for good reasons, there's, a, there's mucus issues, there's lactose issues. Um, is there any counterindications for kefir for people who have candida or who are you know, vegetarians and worried about mucus? And um, Obviously, for, if, for the people who are vegetarians or vegans for spiritual reasons, sure. then you don't, there's nothing, you know, we're not trying to say go, go do it. But for the people who are not doing dairy for health reasons, are there any sure. counterindications for kefir? Yes, coconut kefir is awesome. Oh. Almond kefir is awesome. Whoa. Uh, that's so effective for candida, too. Coconut kefir, it's one of my favorite things to make. And it can be really delicious. And I teach people how to do that all the time. I have lots of recipes for that. Um, because I like it as well. I think it's got properties in coconut that you don't get in dairy. And kefir is 99% lactose-free. So if you're, you've got lactose problem... It, if it's made in dairy, it is 99%. And it's a completely different food. There's more vitamin C than orange juice. and But it's so fabulous in coconut or almond. I've even made walnut kefir. Um, you can do it in any non-dairy milk, and it works uh, really great. It really does. Are there any... Um, I believe that it's Ayurveda, but I might be wrong, that talks about uh, dairy being like a binding and it's um, slowing down the flow of chi or slowing down blood. Uh does the fermentation process take away the negatives of dairy? You know, like yes. we've heard the negatives of cheese. We've heard the negatives of milk. Does it take away the negatives by its yes. fermentation process? Yeah, it really, it changes the food completely. First of all, it's a pre-digested food. And the sugar content goes down to one. I mean, there's hardly any sugar in kefir. That sour taste you're tasting or tart taste that, like, for instance, you taste in yogurt, that's the bacteria that eats all of the sugars out of the milk or whatever you've put it in and makes probiotics from it. So you don't get any of the sugar, but you also, it loads it with vitamin C and B vitamins. It makes it a pre-digested food. It reduces inflammation. It's food for bacteria in your gut. It's a colony in your gut. And my daughter was allergic to dairy and she was 16. And this is another story of what happened. She was starting to get allergic to foods every week. She was getting more and more allergic to everything. And she would get up every morning, she never felt good, and it broke me. So I took her to the doctor, and they didn't know what was wrong with her. And they said, well, maybe we should take out her gallbladder. And this, she's 16, mm. do you know what I'm saying? And they didn't even mm. know if it would help. And I was like, okay, I've had enough. So I went home, and I, I started feeding my daughter a cultured food at every meal, which was cultured vegetables, this special drink called kombucha tea, and then dairy, because she could handle it. Not dairy, I mean kefir. She could handle it. And I think I made it in goat's milk. And she began to thrive. She, her stomach stopped hurting in a month. Three months later, she was a different kid. And a year later, all of her food allergies, which were many, were completely gone. So I told my friends. And that just, everybody started getting better. Well, they just came out with a study that they found that kids with food allergies, what happens is they're given so many antibiotics that it kills a certain bacteria in the gut that has many strains within, among it. And that that causes them to have food allergies. When they replace the bacteria back in, the food allergies went away. Wow. So I have proof. Wow. <laughs> well, cool? you know, it makes sense. It really makes sense that nature has been doing this for a long time. Yeah. You know, millions of years. It's pretty good at what it does. Our modern science, allopathic medicine is what, 100, 150 years old? 
it's hit and miss. It's trying this, it's trying that. And unfortunately, it experiments on us. So there's good times. Like if I get in a car accident and my rib is sticking out of my chest, I want an allopathic doctor who knows how to stick my rib back in my chest and stop the bleeding and get my blood pressure down to save my life. God bless those guys who learn how to do it. But when it comes to prevention... And when it comes to longevity, when it comes to real health and nutrition, these guys know nothing. They get like two weeks of two nutrition weeks. My in eight years of school. They get two yeah, my, weeks of nutrition. Yeah, my brother-in-law is a doctor. And he told me, Donna, we only get two weeks. It's astounding. It's astounding. Because they don't, they don't think that it connects. Right. You know, they right. don't. It's not really their fault. It's just our society has just disconnected. Fault. Yeah, it's not their fault. They're good meaning. They're well meaning. They they work their butts off, and I'm glad they're there. But Me too. you know, it's we need to get the information out about this because what if you had said yes to that person who had the white lab coat and you had had your daughter take her gallbladder out? Who knows what that would have done to her? They took my appendix out when I was seventy in 1976. Um, I had stomach pain in school. By the time I got to the hospital, I, I didn't even have any pain anymore. So they, they checked me out, and the doctor comes into the room. He said, everything checks out okay, but we better take him out to play it safe because he didn't know what the pain was earlier, and he said to play it safe. So what do you think as a, as a 15-year-old, and my dad respects doctors immeasurably. Yeah, they're gods. They're gods, people. especially in the 70s. They were gods. So we, yeah. what, all he hears is, let's play it safe. So they put me under general anesthesia, which is dangerous in and of itself. They take out something that they don't know what it does for us, but I'm pretty sure it probably has some function just because we don't they know, know what, what it does. does. Did you what? know they no. found out what it does? What? It holds good bacteria for when you get uh, basically like diarrhea, it will flood the colon again with good bacteria. So it's a holder for good bacteria. How cool wow. is that? <laughs> wow. Seriously, that's what it does. It just holds the good bacteria so that if you get uh, any kind of a you know, a flu or virus where you're having a lot of diarrhea, it will flood the body again with it. So it'll protect it. See, and they didn't think it was pretty good. It's pretty, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's, it's done pretty well for the billion years before we weren't here. It's done mm-hmm. pretty well for itself. It's a pretty good evolver. It evolves some pretty well, cool machines. And well, how long have you heard that it didn't do anything? Oh my gosh. Right up story. until, right up until now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you were they the just one who just told me what it did. I had no idea what it did. And now they've taken it from me, so now I have to keep flooding myself with, with positives all the time. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was the beginning of the candida issue for me because, of course, they give you a ton of antibiotics after your operation. So right. they take out my appendix, they give me a ton of antibiotics, and then I get, you know, then four years later, I get a urinary tract infection. They flood me again for two years. They flood me with antibiotics. Oh. Yeah, and, and it was always me. I was the... I was the head case who kept coming in and, boy, we can't fix this guy. There must be something wrong with him mentally. God forbid it was something they did, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. well-meaning, but they do have some – some of the allopathic guys are pretty arrogant. They they don't – back in the day, they didn't listen to your feedback. Now they're they're much more – it's much more collaborative. They want active patients because they can only see you for 10 or 15 minutes. So they, they really want you to be active. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. We're, our job is to stay positive and to keep getting the, the good message out about all the different things, the blood sugar regulation, ulcers, uh, not needing to take antacids anymore. There's pages of stuff that cultured foods do for you. Oh, yeah. And ulcers are one of the things. I, I met a lady that had a little three-month-old baby that had 20 ulcers. 
and the doctors couldn't fix it. And it's it's been proven that ulcers are caused by a bacteria that's harmful. And when she started drinking kefir after they tried every medication, they all went away and very quickly, like in a few months. Um, all of these foods, the wonderful thing about it is that all these foods seem to know what to do. Each one of them has different bacteria in them that are good for you, but they also have what we hook call good yeast and all we ever hear about is bad yeast is candida but like one of the best probiotics in worldwide is um called saccharomyces baridii and it is got 30 years of research behind it and what it does in the body when you take it is phenomenal and it's abundant in cultured foods wow. and so wow it's really important mm -hmm. donna where do you fall down on the um nutritional protocol uh debate i've had a lot of people on the show and <laughs> i am so pliable i have people who are vegetarian very much into the vegan raw vegan lifestyle and by the time i'm done talking with them i'm converted i'm a vegan and then i'll have someone who's a really strong paleo person on an md or a yeah. phd and at the end of that conversation i'm a converted paleo the science seems to be so strong in both directions where does the cultured food movement come down in this debate the the one thing i love about cultured foods is you could add them to any diet you can be a raw foodist, you can be a vegetarian, you can be a vegan, you can be a paleo. It does not matter. These foods work with every diet. That's what I love about them because I didn't have to tell anybody what to eat. The thing about it is we all need our own journeys. I've tried so many diets. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I've just, <laughs> you know, I took oh, yeah. whole food groups, I put them back in, I took them, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Oh, I do know and what I, you're saying, yes. <laughs> I needed that journey though, Jordan. It taught yeah. me things. I needed to learn all those different things because each diet taught me something new. And then it kind of came to a crescendo when I found cultured foods and realized that there was value in everything. And these foods you could add to any diet, and you don't need a lot. We're talking a spoonful of cultured vegetables with a meal, or four ounces of you know kombucha tea, or you know a little bit of kefir for breakfast, and you know you're good. <laughs> so, well, you know, I got into the kombucha tea thing. Uh, it's funny you brought that up. I got a, I was doing a, a seva, a selfless service at uh, Kripalu. Center for Yoga and Health in the Berkshire Mountains in 94. And it was a kombucha tea craze went through the, uh, through the residence there. There was about 800 of us. And I was always freaked out about it because I've always been battling candida. And it's so much sugar. You put so much sugar in this uh, mushroom or this, this uh, culture. And it always tasted sweet to me. And I, I, I couldn't psychologically make myself do it. But is, that, is kombucha uh, a good protocol for people who are dealing, say, with diabetes or inflammation or candida? Well, if it was sweet tasting, then you didn't make it properly because it should never taste sweet. It should taste tart because then you know that the sugars have been eaten by the bacteria and then they make it bubbly, which is kind of cool. Um, but it's very good as long as it's not sweet because then you know it's not been converted. And it has that good yeast I'm talking about, um, the Saccharomyces boethii. And um, I have a sister that I was having a lot of trouble with really chronic diarrhea. And she started drinking that. And after, her husband was a doctor too. So after about two, three years, she was able to just, uh, she'd been trying everything for two, three years. And she started drinking that within a you know, few days. She didn't need anything anymore. Medication, she, now she's a convert, drinks it every day. And um, I've seen it get rid of all kinds of things. The cool thing about it, though, is that this good yeast that's in this tea it acts like inside the body, it 
it will attract bad bacteria to it. And the bad bacteria is attracted to it, and then it kills it. It shoots at it. That was the thing. You you blew my mind. I don't know if it was your book or your website, but I was reading. You were talking about these good guys come in, and they literally have a shootout at the OK Corral with the Candida. And they're shooting their poisons at each other, trying to wipe each other because they're battling for turf. Right, because one wants to dominate. You're never going to get completely rid of candida, and actually you need a little bit of it. Um, but you want balance. It's when, when something gets out of balance, and everything gets out of balance when we take too many ba- antibiotics. But the really cool thing about this good bacteria is it can't be killed by antibiotics because it's a yeast. It's a probiotic yeast, and we need those too. And it only lasts in the body two or three days, but it is mighty. It, it is one of the most powerful things for IBS, for uh, gut problems they use it in hospitals worldwide as the number one probiotic that you can even buy in supplement form but and the story behind it's very very interesting but it's a it's in it's in two we need good yeast and good bacteria and then you can even heat it and you can't kill it wow and most bacteria is is killed by heat but this is not because it's the yeast is this the one you got in the kombucha tea is that how you get that particular strain yeah is that but it only lasts in the body a couple days so it only lasts Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Is that in the kefir too? It can be. It just depends on what kind of culture you get. Most of the time it's just in um, kombucha. the kombucha. Yeah, but I actually have seen it now being put in some of the powder cultures that make kefir. So in some of them you can get it, which is powerful. You know, it's it's very cool when you start getting into – I like – I'm the only crazy that lays in bed at night and thinks of it as a bacteria. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just think it's cool. <laughs> oh, I love this stuff. I and I, I I trust that there's a lot of people listening to this who love it too because you're helping people. This is um, this is a real lifesaver for a lot of people. We are talking with Donna Schwenk. She is the creator and founder of Cultured Food Life. Give us that website again, Donna. CulturedFoodLife.com. CulturedFoodLife.com. Let's talk uh, a little bit about a subject, another hot subject that's out there, and that's GMOs, genetically modified organisms. Uh, Monsanto is uh, taking a lot of heat, which I feel is uh, justified in that they are um, manipulating the genes of our food. And to make it worse, when they're altered genetically, uh, modified seeds blow into an organic farm, the organic guy gets sued because they act like he's infringing on their patent. Um, how does, yeah, I would just be very curious how the fermentation process, can the fermentation process make a genetically modified food safe? One of the really cool things about uh, cultured vegetables, there's a certain bacteria in there. It's called planarum, lactobacillus planarum. And it actually removes pesticides. Wow. From non-organic foods. Now, changing the GMO structure, they haven't discovered that yet, and I don't know for sure about that. But what it does do is basically it's kind of like the story of the phoenix where you basically – the food changes so dramatically through the fermentation product that it's actually a new food. And so you get benefits from this. You get you know rid of pesticides, harmful chemicals, and it does it in all of the foods when it does this. Uh, that it really makes, for instance, it changes dairy, it changes vegetables. It's safer than eating raw foods. That's what's so wonderful about it. Because when you have that much good bacteria in something, it dominates, controls the environment, preserves the food. And they can last like nine months in your fridge. And when you eat it, it preserves you and makes you live longer. This is so important. And when you look at some of the statistics, some studies have our food, our our crops, uh, 
laced with as much as 37% of our crops laced with antibiotics. When you look at what yeah. Monsanto's doing, they have now sh- have some studies out that are showing that the gut flora from these whack from the genetically modified foods, the flora is actually producing Roundup in the gut. Yes, I've seen that too. And I actually believe that because I think that that's why the body's struggling so much. Everything we do is so different from what we did 100 years ago. Do you know what I'm saying? We just, I mean, even the way, like for instance, bread, I mean, wheat and gluten are like the evil empire right now. But let me explain something about that. When years ago, before genetically modified crops, they would take the grains in the fields and they would plant them and they would use a combine machine to take the seeds off. And that's what we do right now is they take the seeds off right away. Well, years ago, they would cut them and put them in sheaths. You ever seen the sheaths of grain? Yes. And they'd sit them in the fields and the dew would sprout those grains. And when they Mm. sprouted the grains, you're adding lactobacillus into the grains, changing the structure of the grain itself and turning that starch into a vegetable. And that's, that says, that's the government saying that, not me. It changes it from a start, but it's sprouted. So then they used these sourdough cultures to rise their bread, but they took two sets of bakers to do it because it would take seven hours for the bread to rise. So fast forward many years, but that changed the bread too when they did that. When they added cultures to rise the bread, which were naturally um, loaded with good bacteria, it completely changes the structure of the bread. It reduces the gluten. It gets rid of the phylates that cause all the problems in our guts and reduces the enzyme inhibitors. Well, now they got the instant yeast, which just wreak havoc on our body, but break, you know, rise the bread in an hour and a half and got rid of all those workers, made it convenient. They don't sprout the grains. The grains are automatically taken off. Everything about that food has changed. And we think it's the food, but it's not the food. It's what we've done to the food. And, and the fact that we don't do it the way we used to. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, not only does it make sense, but it is cutting edge because, as you said, you know, uh, gluten and, and all of the allergies and intolerances to it is that another one of those, you know, red hot topics that's out there right now. I go into a grocery store, just a generic grocery store, and you see anti-gluten sections now. I'm like, wow, yeah. in, in this type of store, even in this type of store, there's anti-gluten? So you know it's a hot topic. But it's like you said, it's not necessarily the wheat. Um, if the wheat is sprouted, it could be very mm-hmm. nutritious. Yeah, because my daughter was extremely allergic to wheat and gluten and all those problems. She had terrible problems with that. But when I made sprouted breads and used sourdough starters... She, she had absolutely, she thrived. And I, I was so shocked by that because, and then I saw other people doing that and it, it, it could change everything that we think we know, because what we tend to do is we take a food and then we throw it out because we think it's bad. Do you know what I'm saying? But like, for instance, our milk has changed dramatically. I mean, the cows are given antibiotics, the cows are, are given hormones to make them bigger and produce more milk. And do you know what I'm saying? Everything that we've done to the foods, we've done it to vegetables, we've, load them with pesticides and we genetically modify things and you know i'm saying everything we're doing we're changing the way that it used to be made and so it's not necessarily the food it's the crazy profitability and you know that we want to get food to people in a day trucking and tractors you know when people were going to farmers and making their own foods and going to you know neighborhood things nobody had these problems You know, know, and what's so crazy, uh, I'm sure you've seen the video of, in California, the government uh, sending in these 
jackboot cops with they look like they were in the military. They had all their guns yeah. drawn to raid a dairy. I know. I saw it. You raw know, milk dairy. Yeah. Unreal. Because the whole point of the raw milk, yes, the pasteurization was an important step in our understanding. Yes, it was. It saved millions of lives, and that's great. That was one particular way to get the bad bacteria out, wiping yeah, out, that was wiping d- out everything, right? Yeah, well, that was during the war when the men went to work, and so the the factories factories were having a hard time keeping the milk, you know, the way it should be because most of the people were gone that ran it. So they did; they had disease, and it scared people, and so they did that to protect themselves. But then they they carried it because it made the milk last forever on the shelf. Like, for instance, raw milk will sour on your counter; pasteurized milk rots. Because there's nothing. And whenever you get, and so in the war, this is really cool. In the war, they had to figure out how to get food to the soldiers. So they had to take out all the bacteria and they had to take anything that bacteria wanted to eat. They had to take it out because that would make it go bad. And they had to take out all the enzymes and they had to shrink wrap, wrap it or put it in a can. And so they took out all the nutrients so they could preserve it to get it to the guys on the, you know, front. And so, you know, now they've taken out of everything. So it's, you know, so much of our food isn't fresh or raw because it, God forbid, it didn't last nine months on a shelf. Do you know what I'm saying? Nobody wants, everybody wants, I mean, I grew up in the era of TV dinners. I thought that was the coolest thing ever when I was a little kid. Do you know what I mean? We thought that was the greatest invention ever. SpaghettiOs in a can? Oh my God. I look back, that's how I grew up. Oh, that's because, what I lived on. I'm the same yeah. age as you. I was, that was what we were eating. We were eating TV dinners and SpaghettiOs. Yeah, we didn't know it was going to do this to us. But you put SpaghettiOs in a can in your body, and your body's going to be like, what is this? But you give it an apple, you can't overeat apples. You can eat an entire bag of potato chips, but you can't eat an entire bag of apples. You just, your body won't let you. Yeah. I think it bears repeating what you said about the milk. Put two different gallon milk jugs on a table. Uh, The raw milk will sour and become even better for you. Sour, it'll ferment. It'll become even better for you. The... Uh, they call it clabber. Clabber. They call it clabber. Uh huh. What is that? Clabber. They call clabber milk sour milk clabber milk. Oh, which is basically like a yogurt, right? Yeah, Becomes but like it's a, more thin. Oh, okay. Cut like a kefir, just kind of like a thick, rich type of a. Yeah, real sour, like buttermilk. Oh, okay. But the pasteurized milk will rot and become toxic. Right. Uh, that tells you right there. I mean. Nothing wrong with pasteurization. It did what it did, but is there a better way to protect that milk and get the dangerous stuff out of it? There might even be a better way. And that's what we need. You know, that, uh, well, not much. This this show is to inform people. There is a better way. This by fermenting yeah. it, fermenting it. The positive yeah. bacteria makes it safe and makes you it can't, good for you. Yeah, you it can't, the, it keeps pathogens out. There's no way for the, okay, let's, this is a cool story. Okay. It cannot, it is scientifically impossible for botulism to happen in cultured foods, cultured vegetables. And the reason that is, and this is is science, is that the only bacteria that can survive heat is botulism. But that means you have to kill all the other bacteria with heat to kill them so that botulism can grow. And then you have to can it and get rid of the air, and that's how botulism happens. You don't do any of those things when you make cultured foods. And so the good bacteria control the environment and never even let botulism get a foothold because they're so much stronger than botulism. 
Wow. You'd have to heat them up. So we actually did it to ourselves. You, it's scientifically impossible. It's safer than raw foods because raw foods could have things like, you know, you've seen the spinach when they got that, it was it E. coli or whatever yes. it was on that. Yes. You can't get that with cultured foods because the other bacteria control it and keep it away. Isn't that cool? So for people who are getting fired up right now, and I'm guessing there's a bunch of them, uh, most people are familiar with yogurt. Um, maybe some people are familiar with kefir. Quite a few people familiar with sauerkraut and maybe even kimchi. But that is probably the extent of the list, what most people would think are available in the fermented space for fermented cultured foods. But when I went to your website, I was really amazed at how many different types of dishes you could have. Like, I, like the thought of even, like when you just said, you know, a fermented coconut, you know, cultured coconut milk. I didn't know you could do that. How many dishes are there? And is it possible to tweak the flavor? Can you make different flavors? And do they all have to be sour? No, I make all kinds. I make desserts and breakfasts and... I made an apple uh, walnut dip yesterday for my husband who did not save me any. <laughs> he ate the whole thing. <laughs> so it was delicious. And it's just, you know, I chopped it all up and put it all in a bowl. And um, there's like a breakfast pudding I make. There's all kinds of dishes with the cultured vegetables that you can roll up and put in sandwiches or make salad dressings. I mean, there is desserts. I make all kinds of desserts. I make kefir ice cream so much at my house. And I usually use stevia. I don't use sugar. Because I don't, I don't do well with the sugar, and my everybody loves what I make, and it's just fruit and kefir and you know all kinds of delicious coconut milk and oh man, you talk about good. I just it's delicious. Hey, you, you can't. Go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Donna. No, and I have like a hundred recipes in my book, but I have hundreds on my website as well. So um, there's tons of recipes for people. You brought, every day. You brought up fruit. And fermenting fruit, and of course, the most famous one probably is wine. But for the people who don't want to drink or don't want sugars, or certainly don't, you know, want to raise their blood alcohol levels, is there a process where you could ferment fruit and get the all of the benefits of, uh, like, like for example, with red wine with resveratrol, and 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 like there are just so many good things that resveratrol do for you. Is there a way to ferment fruit and take the sugars out but not get alcohols? Well, that is one of the things that happens. Yes, it does fruit turns into alcohol, but is lo- the longer you ferment it, the less alcohol you get. Um, I have something called kefir soda, which is like, you know, like soda pop, but it's made with kefir. And so the sugars are gone. And in the beginning, as the fruit is fermenting in the, in the kefir sodas, the alcohol content goes a little bit, not high, but it, there's a little bit there. But as it continues to ferment, it goes away. Does that make It just starts eats, to It eats the alcohol? The, the good bacteria eats the alcohol? Well, it doesn't necessarily eat it. It just diminishes. It just doesn't... Uh, Vaporizes maybe? or Yeah, I'm not sure how that works actually. Yeah. But it does that. You can even ferment fruit. And I have recipes where you make you know, fermented fruits and jams. And you get a lot less sugar. And, and that flavor is still there. Um, but you just, you're not getting all the sugars in it. Because that's a real big one, as you know, is the, the sugars for people who are diabetic or have yes. candida or infl- inflammation. Um, right. So it's amazing to me to hear that you can get different flavors. Oh, uh, yeah. And it would still has the, all of the benefits of a fermented product. Yeah. And the nice thing about it, too, is that as you eat these foods, um, for instance, vegetables and fruits, they're 
all you ever heard about fiber and how good it was for you? Well, the reason fiber is so good for you is that your body doesn't digest it. You don't get any calories from it, but your bacteria does. Your bacteria, it's food for your bacteria. Fruits and vegetables that they're prebiotics. They make your good bacteria grow. So all this time that we've been eating all these fruits and vegetables thinking it's so good for us, and actually Reservatol too, uh, in the wine, they found out it's the bacteria in wine that's so good for you, not the Reservatol. Reservatol is good for you, but it's the bacteria that's helping your heart and everything else. And the prebiotics in fruits and vegetables are what's making those so powerful because our bodies can't get those fibers but our bacteria does, and it creates an, a whole world inside of us that's good for us. You know, it's funny. So. You just created the image of the bacteria saying, hey, you know, we're going to let you live because we need <laughs> you. We need you. You're our host, and, and we need you to walk around and get stuff. So we're going to let you live, but you've got to give us the right stuff. And if, True. You, give, if you give us the right <laughs> stuff, we'll let you live. But it's almost like... Uh, you know, it's invasion of the body snatchers. Like they, they've, they've got us. You know, and it's like we'll let you live. We'll let you live a nice, happy, healthy life. Just make sure you take good care of us. <laughs> they're little, but they're mighty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this has been such a treat. Is there anything you want to? Anything else that we didn't touch upon? Because there's so much here uh, that that I, like I know I only scratched the surface. Well, it can be a little overwhelming to people because they think it's hard, but it's not hard. It's just new. And I have free ebook startup guides to help you understand it, get you started on my website um, so you don't feel intimidated. Or you, I even have a way for you just to go try the foods at a store to see if you like them. Because if, you, if I make it easy like it was for me, then you'll do it. Because the problem is everybody wants convenience now, and that's me included. But these foods are so satisfying. You don't eat as much. You don't need as much food because they're so nutrient dense that honestly, they, they really change your diet. They do it for you because you feel so good when you eat them. You don't want to go back to that old life. Um, it's, that's what happened to me. They were like little personal trainers. When I didn't eat them, I didn't feel as good. And I didn't want to go back to the person that I was. So mm. I kept eating them. Mm. And then Fast wow. forward many years. <laughs> wow. Very powerful. I, I can really attest to who Donna is as a person. And I can attest to if you go to her website, you're going to really be blown away at all the different recipes. And um, especially that video of you on the front page. Uh, is a lot, are a lot of the recipes done with video so people can actually watch like how to mix and what to do and how long each one you know, should ferment and that kind of thing? Yes, yeah, so I have a membership site. Then I have a lot of free videos too, and I have a lot of step-by-step pictures. And yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's there's stuff for everybody. Everybody can find help there. So I've I've made it that way. I think I just added a new video just last week. And um, there, guys, I don't do anything hard because I don't have time anymore either. Yeah, and I yeah. and I was too sick before. I didn't want to do it because I felt so sick. I didn't want to do anything. So these foods are a product of my life. What I needed to make them easy and I've made it easy for you because I I want you to feel what I feel. I if everybody could go from where I was to how I feel now, it would change the world. Mm. Everybody would get hugged. <laughs> they would because you the joy, you can't control the joy. It spills out of you. When you feel good, you do good. That's what happens. I went from laying on the couch feeling so bad and watching documentaries about the people changing their lives and I didn't know how to do it and I would ball my eyes out. To feeling so good that I started a website, authored three cookbooks, make videos. I, who does that? I wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> 
who does it's it is crazy. Donna Schwenk. That's who does it. I had no intention on doing any of that, you know, and that's what ha- you find your path when you feel good. You make the world a better place because when you're happy, you make other people happy and you it's just a wonderful way to live. Mm. We have been talking with Donna Schwenk, the creator and founder of Cultured Food Life. You can see her at culturedfoodlife.com. Thank you for all the good work you're doing, uh, Donna, oh. in the world. I appreciate you, Jordan. Thank you Thank so you. much. Well, I am Jordan Adams. I will see you next time. And thanks for joining us in our quest to go straight at life, clear-headed and shredded. We'll see you next time. For our full schedule of fights on the NBC Sports Network, CW and ABC affiliates, visit unitedfightalliance.com. United Fight Alliance. United we fight.